I'm sorry. I'm sorry I love my teams. Okay? I'm sorry I want to see them win. Sorry I'm confident in them. I'm sorry. Is that what is that what you wanted to hear? Do you want me to come on, admit that I was wrong today because I was very wrong? I was very, very wrong. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. I didn't even really realize it. It, it kind of went over my head. Uh, but we've had so much bonus football this week. Wasn't even on my radar. Wasn't thinking about it. We had two games yesterday. We have another game tonight. Tuesday night football. We'll kind of get on board with this. It's like Thursday night football, Monday night football. Just another weeknight where I don't have to sit alone in my apartment and rewatch Mandalorian reruns and Arrested Development reruns. I can get behind this. And I was so engrossed, obsessed even with our Wisconsin teams this weekend, the Badgers and the Packers. I mean, this is the Wisco sports show after all. That's my thing. I I was so lost in our teams that I didn't even realize we have bonus football up the you-know-what last night and tonight. We talked a little bit about Washington-Pittsburgh, the football team coming through and beating the... They gave the Pittsburgh Steelers their first loss. The 4-7 and football team Literally, that is their name. I'm not. No, the the, the football team it was four and seven. Gave the eleven and zero Steelers their first loss. Magical, magical things happen on Monday night doubleheaders. And then the Bills beat up on the 49ers last night. Think of the Ravens playing tonight. This is should be this should be great. This should be a blast. Extra football, bonus football, and I. It almost went right over my head. Talking so much about the Packers and the Badgers and O's oh, Marquette arrival. Like we we just got lost. We lost ourselves. I'm looking forward to more football tonight. It'll be nice to see the Ravens back in action. Poor Ravens. You know, Pittsburgh wants to play the victim. Ravens, they're the ones getting COVID. Feel bad for them. A lot of extra football. It is the Wisco Sports Show, and we do talk about our Wisconsin sports teams. Not necessarily about Monday night or Tuesday night football. My name is Grant Bills, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in. I'm glad that you're hanging out, even if you're only going to be here for 10 or 20 minutes. Heck, you know what? Even if you're only going to be here for five. I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad that we can talk Wisconsin sports together. A very fun show tonight. A lot to get to. I am going to break down and talk about the NFL MVP for the first time. I've I've disregarded it. I've said we're not going to do it. Not going to get into the weeds on who the NFL MVP is. The Mahomes, Wilson, Allen, Rodgers. I'm actually going to talk about it for the first time. We're going to make our maiden voyage in 2020 with the NFL MVP. That's coming up in 15, 20 minutes. It's, it's historic, actually. You can't miss that. It's the first time we're doing it this year. Right now, Rodgers and Mahomes are the two leaders, and they are way off in a class by themselves right now. The odds reflect that as well. They're the two odds-on favorites. We'll try to add some clarity to that. Great friend of show, Bart Winkler, going to join us at 4.30. Uh, Bart's at the fan in Milwaukee, but was here in Lacrosse, where I do the show from for a long time. And he went to UW Lacrosse. And the last time I had him on, we talked about our our, our fellow Eagle, our brethren, uh, Brian Gudekinst. And he made some some pretty strong claims. Uh, so last time Bart was on, he, he brought it. We'll see what he brings today. He's coming up at 4.30. Of course, we're going to talk Badgers as well. And it's Pat McAfee Day. So we'll hear just a little bit from Aaron Rodgers, including some details about Aaron Rodgers' musical choices. Uh, everybody's talking about their, their top artists and songs right now. The Spotify Top 100 thing came out. Aaron Rodgers shed a little light on what music he's into, or I guess more specifically what music he's not into. And then, of course, you know, we'll talk about the football stuff as well. You know, touchdown number 400 and 
the throw to Devon Towns. You know, that 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 as well, don't get me wrong, but also music choices. That should be interesting. We'll hear from Aaron Rodgers at 5.30. You're always welcome to text the show, 608-796-2558. And of course, you can tweet at me, at Wisco Grant. Whether the show's going on or not, I would love to have a back and forth with you on Twitter. If you want to argue, great, bring it. That's what Twitter's for. Let's get angry and not be rational and not use common sense. That's what the internet is for. So you can tweet at me, at Wisco Grant. I want to start with football, and I want to start with the Packers, but I want to bring in two other teams. I actually want to bring the Seahawks into this conversation, and I want to bring the Steelers into this conversation. This is something I was thinking about earlier today. It's very rare when sports and real life are, are actually one and the same, right? I, and I think we make this mistake a lot where we try to relate sports to real life. Sometimes you can, but a lot of times, no, 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 no. Like with, like with baseball players. Ba- baseball players this summer, they, they basically went on strike. They said, we're not going to play unless we're being paid the amount we want to be paid. And the American public and the media and everyone said, really, right now, with millions of Americans out of work, struggling financially, now these millionaire baseball players, they're going to they're gonna take a stand? Well, millionaire baseball players, it's, it's not real life. Sports aren't real life, right? Like the, the $30 million first baseman is not the same as me radio host, right? Christian Yelich, who's making a pile of money, is not the same as the bartender who works a couple of blocks away, right? Like, real life in sports, a lot of times, don't compare them. That's when we get lost in the weeds and we, and we make dumb arguments, right? Like, how can baseball players strike during a pandemic? Okay, well, they're millionaires. They play by a different set of rules. But as I was thinking today, I actually found an instance and an example where sports and real life are one and the same, where we actually have some intersection between my peasant day-to-day living and sports, million-dollar athletes and billion-dollar sports franchises. And I noticed something in sports this week that I think is true in real life as well. Sometimes we enjoy things simply because we have them and someone else doesn't, right? Think about that. Sometimes sometimes we enjoy things just because we have them and someone else doesn't, and that makes us feel good. Humans are very, very competitive. Right? We like to one-up each other, especially in the United States. Right, We're a capitalist society. It's based on competition. The strong survive. Right, You get rewarded for hard work, all that good stuff. Humans are very competitive, and sometimes we enjoy things simply because we have them and someone else doesn't. A, a suburban dad is a great example. Think of your, your typical dad in Sun Prairie or maybe in Onalaska, right? or maybe on the... On the uh, South side of lacrosse, maybe over 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 my granddad's bluff, some nice neighborhoods over there. Think of your suburban dad with a family, house, white picket fence. When a dad gets a new truck, my God, it is it's an event. Parade that thing around the neighborhood. Look over the fence. Oh, look at that. Jim's got a 2006 Silverado. I got the brand new 2020. Right? Look at that F-150. It's got a, it's all rusted out. Mine's way nicer, right? Dad, they're super competitive with it. A new snowblower, for example. Oh, my God, you get a new snowblower. Gather all the neighborhood dads around to look at it. Yeah, it's the new model. Comes equipped with a headlight. I could blow snow all night long if I wanted to. And then and then the, the dad with the new snowblower will offer to do the driveway of the neighbor who doesn't have a snowblower. A, a dad will sign up for more work just for an example and an opportunity to show off their, their new snowblower. It's fascinating. Or a new grill. For example, dads, are, they love to show things off. And, and that new grill is better because the neighbor doesn't have a grill that nice. Sometimes we enjoy things simply because we have them and someone else doesn't. That feels good. We're competitive, right? And this is true in sports as well. I love watching the Packers win, especially when the Vikings lose. 
right? I love watching Aaron Rodgers play well, especially when Tom Brady plays poorly. That makes me happy. That gives me joy. This Packers win this weekend was especially sweet because the Bears lost, the Steelers lost, and you know what? Seattle, screw Seattle, they lost too, and God, it made me feel good inside. Made me feel so good. We talked about the Bears yesterday. I don't want to get into the weeds on Matt Nagy. They've lost like six, seven, eight, nine, ten in a row. Who even cares? They're done. I don't, I don't want to talk about the Bears today. Let's talk about the Seahawks, an NFC rival of our Green Bay Packers that we uh, had a lot of run-ins, a lot of dealings with in the last decade or so. The Seahawks have now lost four of seven. Suddenly, their defense isn't so bad. Their defense is actually playing okay. But their offense has gone away. I don't know what happened to the Seattle Seahawks. We, we don't hear about DK Metcalf as often. We don't hear about Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson as often, right? We kind of stopped hearing about the historically great Seattle offense. They lost to the Rams 23-16. to Only scored 16 points. They did beat the Eagles, but they only scored 23. They lost to the Giants 17-12 to on Sunday. And in their last four games, Seattle's only averaging 19.75 points. 19 and three quarters points. They're averaging less than 20 games in their last four games. Averaging less than 20 points, excuse me. Now, you might be expecting me to use this as an opportunity to hate on Russell Wilson, say that Russell Wilson's overrated and he's not the MVP. No, I'm not here to hate. Look, I'm not here to hate. You know me, right? I don't, don't want to go out of my way to hate on an individual. Now, he isn't an MVP, right? And that's why Seattle is losing. Because go back to the beginning of the season when Seattle beat the Falcons 38-25 or they beat the Patriots 35-30 or they barely beat the Cowboys 38-31, putting up these huge crooked numbers and Russell Wilson just carrying the team to victory. That's great. But Russell Wilson was playing like an MVP through the first four, five, six games. Right? But when Russell Wilson isn't playing like an MVP, Seattle's a 10-6 and six team. 9-7, and 10-6, and 11-5. They're not a 13-3 and three team that has home field advantage in a first round by and a high seed in the playoffs. If Russell Wilson isn't playing like an MVP, this is a 10-6 and six football team. And I'm not hating on Russell Wilson or on a 10 and 6 football team. The Vikings went 10 and 6 last year, got into the playoffs. But this is why I push back against the the, the crooked narrative on Russell Wilson. Oh, it's it's robbery that he's never gotten an MVP vote. It's it's robbery. D- look, folks, look at what's happening with Seattle right now. Right? They only scored 16 points and lost to the Rams. They only scored 23, barely beat a terrible Eagles team that the Packers handled despite tripping all over themselves in the fourth quarter. And then they lost to the Giants, who were starting Colt McCoy. I didn't even know Colt McCoy was still in the league. Right? What a revelation. Russell Wilson isn't an MVP. He's not. And he's not playing like one right now. He started the season like one, but he's not now. And his team has been affected. Once again, I'm not personally making this about Russell Wilson. Right, But Aaron Rodgers, for example, took a terrible team to an NFC Championship game in 2016. He put that team on his back, not just for the first five or six games of the season, like in the case of Russell Wilson this year, but all throughout the playoffs, willing them to, what, six straight wins to end the year? Running the table? Willing them through the Dallas Cowboys and completing that ball to Jared Cook just wouldn't be denied. Yeah, they got, yeah, they got killed by Atlanta. Atlanta was amazing. Kyle Shanahan's amazing. Right? It's the same with LeBron James. You get to the finals, get killed by Kevin Durant. Okay, well, what do you want LeBron to do? Are you going to fault him for taking a terrible team to the finals? Aaron Rodgers is that guy. Russell Wilson is not. Tom Brady, you know that I'm not a Tom Brady fan. You know, you know that I will go out of my way to discredit anything and everything Tom Brady does. You know I don't like Tom Brady. 
But Tom Brady did it in 2018. He took that team to the Super Bowl. Matt Patricia's defense was garbage. Matt Patricia's defense got lit up by Nick Foles. And yet Tom Brady almost willed them to a championship. Now, he had to do a little bit less willing because the AFC at the time, two or three years ago, was a little bit more watered down. It was a little bit easier to make the Super Bowl in the AFC in comparison to Aaron Rodgers' NFC in 2016. But you get my point. Tom Brady elevated that defense. It was coordinated by a bozo. Matt Patricia, look at what he did in Detroit. His defense was terrible. Tom Brady elevated that team, got him to a Super Bowl. Russ cannot do what Aaron Rodgers has done. Russ cannot do what Tom Brady has done. I'll ask you a different way. Has, has Russell Wilson ever been the best quarterback in the NFL? Undisputed, no question. Ha, has, he, has he ever run? Now, you can make an argument for stretches, for moments, for games, but at the end of this season, we're not going to be arguing that Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the NFL. We're going to argue for Patrick Mahomes. We're going to argue for Aaron Rodgers. A couple of years ago, it wasn't about Russell Wilson. Right? It was about Tom Brady in the AFC. Right at the end of Peyton Manning in the AFC for most of his career. There are quarterbacks who are undoubtedly the best in the league at the time. Aaron Rodgers was that guy. Tom Brady was that guy. Peyton Manning was that guy. Patrick Mahomes is now that guy. Drew Brees is never that guy. Russell Wilson's never been that guy. He's great. And he has MVP moments. But to put it together for 17 weeks, 16 games, you're seeing he can't do it right now. He can't do it. And I'm not faulting him. The team's not good enough. When he won a Super Bowl, he was, I mean, he was so far down the ladder of important players on that team. Different situation now, getting paid big boy bucks, right? The roster's not quite as strong. God. Russ, Russ, if he doesn't play like an MVP, Seattle's just, they're a 10 and 6 team, and they're playing like a 10 and 6 team right now. What about, what about the Steelers, for example? I, I said that the Packers win on Sunday was that much more satisfying because the Bears lost, Seattle lost, and I was pretty happy. I was pretty thrilled when, when Pittsburgh lost last night as well. The 11-0 Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the football team. It's amazing. It's a storyline you only get in the NFL. The Steelers are not as good as their record says. Said it last week. Say it again tonight. I'm not going to call them overrated because people get little people get up in arms when you use the, the phrase overrated. Now, overrated simply means the team isn't as good as everybody thinks. Pittsburgh's still pretty good, but they're not 11-0, 12-0, number one seed in the AFC good. They can't really run the ball. They can't push the ball down the field. They have great wide receivers, so they can manage, right? Most teams have weaknesses. Pittsburgh's manage theirs well. As I would argue, the Packers have done the same. Seattle, up until a couple of weeks ago, was doing the same. Pittsburgh relies on defense, which is really unstable, right? You can't rely on defense for long stretches. Here and there, in moments, and an individual, you know, game setting, sure. But a defense to carry you through the season, carry you through the playoffs, it's not going to happen. You can't rely fully on a defense. Your offense has to be able to do some things. And last night's loss was a long time coming. I loved watching the Packers win on Sunday. Absolutely loved it. Ate it up. Aaron Rodgers was tremendous. Matt LaFleur was scheming everyone open like he was an artist. Right? Like he was Picasso putting putting paint on a canvas. He was great. He was like Kenny G with a saxophone in his hand. It was like he was doing what he was born to do. That's how pretty chef's kiss it was on Sunday. But that Packers win. Should have been a bigger blowout, but that 30-16 to 16 win, the two-touchdown win the Packers had over the Eagles, who were a mess, felt even better when the Bears lost, and then Seattle lost, and then Pittsburgh lost. It's just good stuff. That's, that's good, wholesome, wholesome losses to make me feel better as a sports fan and prop up my, uh, my fragile ego as a sports fan. Felt great. Sometimes we enjoy things simply because we have them, 
and somebody else doesn't. And I appreciate Aaron Rodgers and enjoy him more knowing that the Vikings have Kirk Cousins, who's actually been decent, and the Bears have Mitchell Trubisky, and the Seahawks are just never going to be the team, and Russell Wilson is never going to be the quarterback that everybody wants him to be, and it makes me so happy, and I'm going to sleep so well tonight just thinking about it. If I sound like a loser, I, I am. I am. I enjoy the dumbest things, but it works well. That's why I do this job, right? Let's take a break. Our first conversation of 2020 about the NFL MVP. I've said we're not going to talk about it, not going to talk. Well, it's time. couple weeks left. We now have a clear picture of the MVP race, and I think we should dig into it. It's interesting. We'll also talk to our great friend, Bart Winkler from The Fan, coming up at 430. Can't wait to speak to him. One of my favorite guests. A lot more of the Wisco Sports Show coming up. Don't go anywhere. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. You can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant, and you can always reach out and text the show at 608-796-2558. Thomas reaches out. Yeah, what's up, Thomas? Mentions the breaking news of Michigan, Ohio State. That's canceled. We'll talk about that coming up at 445. Philadelphia Eagles, if if we're doing breaking news, let's do it. Uh, The Eagles are also going to start Jalen Hurts next week at quarterback. Not Carson Wentz, as Thomas mentions on the talk and text line. I, I, the only way to look at it is that Mike Pettin, for all of his faults, and he's had plenty of faults this year, lots of mistakes, lots of bad games. But Mike Pettin and his defense got a quarterback benched, a former MVP quarterback, or was going to be MVP quarterback. You know, you got to give Mike credit for that. I'd say Mike is the one single reason, right? Carson Wentz and the Eagles have no other issues. It was Mike Pettin and the Packers defense. They are 100% responsible for the benching of Carson Wentz. That's the way I'm going to look at it. That's the Packers' perspective, at least. 608-796-2558. Bart Winkler, great friend of the show, and one of my favorite guests will join us on that talk and text line coming up in 10 minutes. You can also tweet me at Wisco Grant if you want to participate in the show. This is a big moment. This is a big moment for me. This is a big moment for you. Big moment for the show and this community as a whole. For the last couple of weeks, I've gotten texts and tweets Grant, who's the MVP? Is it Russell Wilson? Is it Josh Allen? Is it Ben Roethlisberger? Is it Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers? And what have I said? Every text that I get about the MVP, I said, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this yet. We're not treading into those waters. It's too early. Right? Because in most MVP races, if you just wait, it'll present itself. If you just wait, the solution will present itself. We don't have to debate. We don't have to gnash teeth and argue. We can have more productive conversations in week six than who is the NFL MVP. And I think it's time. I think it's time today. At this moment, on December 8th, 4.30 in the afternoon, it is time to to dip our toe in the pool. Let's talk about the NFL MVP race. And I've been putting it off because it's been too early. and, And you just wait for these players to separate. Like, for example, we thought that Dalvin Cook was the MVP of the league. There were people making that argument. The Vikings in recent weeks have realized that Dalvin Cook's not even the MVP of their own team. That's Justin Jefferson. Like I said, if you just wait, solution will present itself. We also haven't jumped in this pool yet because I don't care a ton about individual awards, right? Like we've seen Yelich, Giannis, Rodgers all win MVPs. None of them have translated into championships. I want a championship. I want the Packers to win a Super Bowl. I could care less about Aaron Rodgers winning an MVP. Now, if he does both, well, that would be something else. But I would rather have the Super Bowl, and I think Rodgers would too. As cool as a third MVP ring would be for Aaron Rodgers. Do they give out rings? I don't even know. A watch? Maybe a chain? 
uh, a jacket. I don't know. Is there? A, I think there's a trophy. I wonder if there's an article of clothing or, or jewelry uh, that they give the players. I don't know. That's that's not what we're talking about. Shut up. Uh, the NFL MVP is a big deal, so I will care about it. We'll talk about it, but I'm not going to plead a case for Rodgers. We're going to have a good discussion. Not going to grovel. Not going to be biased. I won't do it. Here are the candidates right now, and the odds as I checked them this morning. These are from Caesars. Mahomes is minus 500. He's the favorite. Rodgers is plus 400. And then it drops off significantly. Josh Allen is then the next closest at plus 1,400. He jumped over Wilson this weekend, who's at plus 2,000. And Big Ben lags behind at plus 5,000. The way I see it, the only worthwhile conversation is between Rodgers and Mahomes, nobody else. Now, if, if you're a betting man, which I'm not, maybe money on Josh Allen would be worthwhile just because the payout would be enormous. But if we're just talking about who's going to win MVP, who should win MVP, that's between Mahomes and Rodgers, right? If it take value out of it, take betting out of it, chances are it's going to be Mahomes and Rodgers. Now, Rodgers has 3,395 yards, 36 touchdowns, and the Packers are 9-3. and three. By the way, it's also worth mentioning that uh, the Packers are 9-3, and three, right? That's important, right? Patrick Mahomes has 3,815 yards which is significantly more than Aaron Rodgers. He's best in the league, just as Aaron Rodgers is best in the league at 36 touchdowns. Mahomes has 31 touchdowns and only two interceptions, which which seems wild because Mahomes is a little bit more loose than Rodgers. I would expect those numbers to balance out. Mahomes will probably have some picks here in the final couple of weeks, and it won't even be his fault, right? That's just how the game works. The Chiefs are 11-1 and and now tied with the Steelers for the best record in the AFC. Mahomes has more yards. Rodgers has more touchdowns. The Chiefs are slightly better than the Packers. The Chiefs are two in better than the Packers. Now, let's assume that both of these quarterbacks keep on this pace and the numbers don't take a drastic turn one way or another and they wrap up this season. Let's say the Chiefs lose one more game. Maybe the Packers win out. So the Packers finish 13-3. and three, The Chiefs go 14-2, and two, for example. I think the award goes to whoever gets the one seed. I, I truthfully think it's as simple as that because I think Rodgers is going to continue on this pace. Mahomes is going to continue on this pace. And statistically, these two quarterbacks are, are basically going to wash each other away. One's probably going to have a couple of more touchdowns. One's going to have more yards. And both have almost negligible interceptions at this point. I think the MVP award is simply going to be decided by which team is better, right? The MVP in the NBA, for example, best player, best team. Not always the case, but a lot of times. I, I think that logic could apply this year in the MVP race, because that might be the one distinction we have. You could argue game by game, right? Rodgers had one stinker against Tampa. Mahomes, I guess, hasn't really had a stinker, at least not like that. Rodgers has the touchdowns. Mahomes has the yards. I I think win-loss decides the MVP this year. I think if the Packers are able to get the one seed, that makes a huge case for Aaron Rodgers. If the Chiefs are able to get the one seed, then I think that all but decides it for Patrick Mahomes. He's leading in the odds right now anyways. I think he's the favorite. If you're looking for wins and losses, Kansas City's still got to play the Saints. You got to remember that. And the Packers still have to play the Tennessee Titans. That's three weeks. That's three weeks away, right? They, the Packers have, who do they have? They have the Panthers and the Lions and then the Titans and then the Bears. So we'll see. I think the Packers will probably go 3-1, and 4-0. Oh. The one potential loss would be Tennessee. And I think Kansas City will probably win out with one potential loss being New Orleans or maybe one shocking, ugly game. And if they have one shocking, ugly game where they lose to a trash team, the Chiefs, That would be a ding on Patrick Mahomes' MVP candidacy. And it would probably be more of a ding than Rodgers' bad game against Tampa because Patrick Mahomes' dink of a game would come in the final couple weeks of the season. We'd tend to remember that just a little bit more, right? That would stick in our mind. 
I think Mahomes obviously has the edge right now. I think it could come down to whoever wins the one seed, which is crazy. This is going to be a really close race. It should be fun to watch. And I feel okay about Aaron Rodgers because he's already won two, right? Like, okay, I want a Super Bowl. I don't want an MVP. Let's take a break. We'll talk to our good friend, Bart Winkler, about the Packers and maybe just a little Big Ten football as well. That's coming up next year on the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. I am uh, I'm in charge of this two-hour circus where we talk Wisconsin sports every night. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you are doing well. Your week is coming along nicely. You can always join the show. Shoot me a text, 608-796-2558. You can always tweet at me at Wisco Grant as well. Our next guest is on Twitter at WinksThinks, longtime friend of the show and recurring guest. That is Bart Winkler. Bart, I think the last time we talked was right after the trade deadline. Uh, What's new? How are you, my friend? How are you? I like that you... Come back from a break and say, I'm in charge. Well, it's it's a mess. I'm like, hey, I'm your host. Uh, come and sit down. It's great to have you here. I am Grant. I'm in charge. Well, <laughs> sometimes you got you to gotta take charge. Bart, I, w- the segment we just finished, we talked about the NFL MVP, and that's the first time we've done it all season. Like, people have texted and called, like, oh, who's the MVP? I think it's, and I've said, no, we're not doing it. Like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and now... I, it's allowed today. So I guess in a sense, a very casual sense, I am in charge. Um, but yeah, do you think I'm coming on too strong? <laughs> My listeners know me. They, they know it's, it's you know, well-intentioned. I like it. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm taking pointers from you. I like it. Well, I, I don't know. I can only say I am your host. So I, mean, I try to mix it up. So I try to, you know, think of creative ways to come back from break. I, I want to talk about the Packers, Bart. And the last two weeks have been tough. And I'm sure you get this. You host your own show and you have you know, four hours. I only got to fill two. The Packers have blown out their last two <laughs> opponents, which is really fun to watch. But like, if I'm done taking notes during a Packer game at halftime, that means there's not a lot to talk about. Like I can't come on the radio and be angry or, or rant about things like the Packers are good, right? We know that games are fun. What have you been talking about? Like what, what have the talking points been on your show? And what have you been really hitting on and digging in on about the Packers these last two weeks that the games, they've been pretty uneventful. You know, there's there's little things that you can talk about. Obviously, everybody was pretty celebratory about Rodgers this week and the milestones, and it's, you know, great to see that connection with Devontae and where he ranks in the game. And, you know, the special teams are a little shaky right now with these punt returns, so you look at that a little bit. I, I think with this season, the overall storyline isn't about, you know, like the, the Lions this week. They're going to win that game. Yeah. Uh, and, and even if even if they don't, okay, I mean, it, they should, but if they don't, it's not like their season's going to spiral out of control. You're going to finish with, I mean, at minimum, you're going to win two of these next two games at minimum. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to finish with 12 or 13 wins again. And I think this season, the story has been, well, what's going to happen in the playoffs? What's going to happen when they get to the postseason? Because this is a team that has not been to the Super Bowl since 2010. And while other franchises are like, well, we haven't, you know, much longer, when you had Aaron Rodgers in 2010 go to a Super Bowl, you thought you'd at least go to a handful more as long as he was going to be a Packer. So I I think the storyline for me is still the offseason and the draft and the lack of building weapons. And you watch these other games, and every week it seems like there's another rookie receiver 
that has a career game, whether it's Claypool or Higgins or Jefferson or Brandon Ayuk last night. Chenault these guys pretty are, good against the Vikings. Chenault, it's a very, I mean, you can keep going. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very good class. And so that's been the main, I think, topping, uh, talking point for me. Fans, and I understand if you're like this, you're tired of hearing about it because it's all that, you know, it's all that anyone wants to talk about. It's all that I want to talk about. I want to keep exploring why this draft totally disregarded this season, and now you have Aaron Rodgers playing at an MVP level. If some galaxy brain Gutekind's move was, let's draft Jordan Love to motivate Rodgers, you know, to, to, to show him, and we're going to get an MVP season out of Rodgers, why was every other draft pick built for three years from now instead of for this year? Why wouldn't you also include some weapons in there? So, I'm, you know, you can talk about how the Packers have a number one offense and how they're scoring all these points a game, and, and it's all true. But I'm wondering, in the playoffs, you know, once we get to the playoffs and we look back at the season five years from now, we're not going to remember a game against the Lions. We're not going to remember a game against the Eagles. We're going to remember how they eventually lost in the playoffs unless some of these things that I'm worried about and that a lot of Packer fans are worried about don't happen. I'm worried about the lack of another receiver across from Devontae. I'm worried about the run defense. Those are the two things that we were worried about coming into this season. They haven't improved them. It hasn't cost them you know, a chance at the Super Bowl yet. It has yeah. cost them games. But once it costs them a chance in the playoffs, then I think everyone will say, oh, oh, oh. So it's it's tough because I think the – the main talking point, unfortunately, is something that a lot of people don't want to hear about right now, but they are going to hear about later if Packers do bow out early. Yeah, I, and one of those reasons they could bow out is MVS. And and speaking of how I'm in charge here, Bart, like yesterday when we started the show, I said we're not going to do the MVS thing today. Like some of you love him, some of you hate him, or we're not going to yell about it. Like we're going to talk about other things. So I took charge in that regard yesterday. But I saw you on Twitter <laughs> Um, you know, beefing with some some other Packers media members about MVS. And Bart, you are my guy. I will back you up to a reasonable extent on social media. But there is, I do have a guest from Cheesehead TV, uh, of which you were beefing with some, you know, some Cheesehead TV uh, employees, personalities. I don't know. Perry Goldstein comes on the show. She is wonderful. She likes me way more than she should. She always likes my tweets. I'm not trying to soil that, but you know I, I have your back. You were fighting about MVS with some of these people I, I guess I just want to know what you think about the whole MVS situation because we can get lost in the weeds on MVS. He is probably the fifth most important target on this team. That's a good piece of perspective to remember, but I guess what do you think about MVS and, and what have the talking points been about him on your show? Well, I, I, I haven't beefed with Perry. I'm familiar with her work. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I haven't really interacted with her. Maybe maybe this will spark a, she can come on the show with me someday. She's very good. I... I, I have beef with others. I think the thing with Marquez Valdez-Scantling is he is not what the Packers need at that position, and we want him to be. I mean, everybody wants him to succeed. It's not like we don't want him to succeed. 16 deep balls have been thrown to him this year. He's caught six of them. The one on Sunday, you got to at least try to catch the ball with your hands. I mean, this is what a wide receiver does. And the Packers have these wide receivers. Equinemius St. Brown, there was a catch uh, or an opportunity. It was low, and at first I thought, oh, Roger skipped it to him. But you look back at it, it was a third down. It was a key third down. And St. Brown, it went through his arms. Those guys have to make those kind of catches in the playoffs. Right now, you can get away with it. You're playing the Eagles. In the playoffs, 
you can't give away possessions like that. I think with Marquez, I think that, you know, it would be much better if that was Will Fuller running that route mm-hmm. or if that was any of these other rookie wide receivers. I got, I'm sure you saw, you were on Twitter, the account Old Takes Exposed, uh, <laughs> which has half a million followers. Yeah, Put celebrity. Put my name back out there because, yeah, uh, six years ago, five years ago, whatever, I said I'd trade Devontae Adams because if you don't remember, Devontae Adams was MVS. Devontae Adams was was not good. He was ranked like 113th out of 115th among wide receivers that had more than 25% of their team snaps that year. And then in the in 2016 preseason, he was catching these balls that were impossible to grab. But he was dropping all the easy ones. And a lot of people were fed up with it, whether you had the nickname for him Drop Vante or Day Drop Vay or whatever. Some, everybody had a nickname for him at the time. Yeah. Devante... He he has worked so hard. There's some there is obviously some god given talent there, but he works so hard to become as good as he is, as reliable as he is, the best route. I mean, he's the best receiver in the game right now. Which if you would go back and watch some of the early Devonte, you wouldn't believe it would happen. So I think with MBS, a lot of us are like hesitant to really make a definitive. Hey, this guy's not good because we did that with Devonte. And we don't want to be wrong again. But MBS, man, I, I just, you know, he's made some big plays, and then he's cost the team a bunch. I just, I hope when it comes down to crunch time, he can step up and be that weapon that the Packers should have acquired. So I root for him like everybody else. Yeah. I, I right now I'm just worried that. He's not the right guy for that role. Well, Bart, you know that I do my homework when you come on. I, I like to update myself with what you've been saying on your show and, and what you're tweeting. And I, I do like your take that MVS is kind of getting credit and getting the benefit of the doubt for something Devontae did. And then Brian Gutekunst and Jordan Love, they're getting credit for something that Aaron Rodgers and Ted Thompson did, right? And I think that's an interesting idea and one that I would like to explore. Maybe I'll, I'll talk about that more this week on my show. Bart Winkler Longtime friend of the show, uh, 12.50 a.m. The Fan in Milwaukee. Bart, I know you had Ty Dunn on last week, and I did as well. He's a very popular man in Wisconsin right now. His new piece about how the Packers have this genius plan. It's 7,000 words long. It's very interesting, and it's very exciting, and I I think it, it takes a very optimistic look at the Packers draft, right? You can't tell me, Bart, as a Packer fan, no, a Packer owner, because I know you're an owner, you can't tell me that 1% of you, at least, is not excited about what Jordan Love could be in the future despite wanting this team to be better right now, right? Like, you're excited a little bit. No, no. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not excited at all. Okay, I love I, I, that. Look, with, with Jordan Love, that was you traded up for a position you absolutely did not need in a year where you needed other guys at other positions. And I do understand the best time to draft a backup quarterback is when you don't need one. And I'm I'm not, like, against drafting Jordan Love. If they could have – if he was just sitting there in the second round and they didn't make any trades up, all right. You know, it's, it's, it's just a completely different feeling based on how they acquired him. But they made a conscious effort to go get him. They, they woke up that morning and said, we have to have Jordan Love on this team. Yeah. And that's, that, that's what I believe because that's what they did. They, they traded up to get him. They were super excited for it. And in a, in a wide receiver class that was not only just projected to be so deep, but as we're seeing is even more sensational than we thought. I mean, even Rodgers thought they were going to get a wide receiver. And then five minutes beforehand, or as he's watching the TV, 
he finds out they're taking a quarterback. I think that the the problem with this pick is it is high risk, so it has to be high reward. The only way I'm going to be excited and think the only way I'll ever back off from the criticism of this pick, I think that Jordan Love has to win a Super Bowl. I think that we're all expecting, which is ridiculous to me, oh, well, he's going to have a 10, 15-year career here. How, why are we thinking that? Because Rodgers did? Because Favre did? We, Jordan Love is, it's, it's one, that's a very small sample size. Two, he's a completely different guy. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're going to take a quarterback in that spot and really hurt the case for that other quarterback to win a Super Bowl, then said quarterback has to at some point win his Super Bowl. So I do, I mean, the, the, the expectations for me are very, very high. Are there plays that I saw on tape where I thought, oh, that was a good throw? Sure. Is he going to be a quarterback that can start 16 games in this league? Nobody knows. And I think that he's got to be somebody that exceeds our expectations for us to even start to think that this was a good draft pick. I am not excited. I, I hope he never is the Packers quarterback. I want Rodgers to be here for another five, six years. If I see Jordan Love, that means they moved on from Rodgers. So I am zero percent excited for Jordan Love. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I respect the commitment to to the opinion, right? I, like I'm trying to have my foot in both camps, and I, I don't know how it's coming across. I have to listen. I, yeah, to, I'm too far for that. Yeah, I know. I, I got to listen to some of my shows back and just see how it comes across because I'm trying to have it both ways, and and I'm struggling. But like. You can't get excited. Like, at one point, a different team, different player, I know. But, like, were you ever excited for Thon Maker? Like, you never dreamed about what Thon Maker could be one day? You're telling me you could, you can't get a little excited for Jordan Love? Well, no, I love the Thon Maker pick. Yes. Isn't it? It, was a, it was a risky pick, and it had, and then the Bucks had to be risky at the time. Okay, that's the fair. The Packers had no they, – they did not have to be risky at the time. Fair. That's the Packers fair. were a game away from the Super Bowl, and they sent their first-round pick on a quarterback – from Utah State. I mean, I no. Thon Maker and, and Jordan Love. Like yes, they're, they're different. I just thought. I mean, if you can get excited about Thon Maker, I mean, Jordan. I'm I'm excited. I understand where you're coming from. I do, Bart. I appreciate I get what you. you're saying. I'm just okay. I'm not there. Okay, and that and that's fine. Once again, I appreciate your commitment. Uh, a much weaker man, unlike yourself, would have tried to bury that old Devontae Adams tweet. And something that you conveniently, you failed to mention, Bart, you didn't just want to trade Devontae Adams. You wanted to trade him for a sixth-round pick. You conveniently left that off. It's not like, well, let's try to recoup a second, third-rounder. Like, it was a sixth-round pick, which is probably all he was worth at the time, to be fair to you. But I appreciate your commitment to, to the bit, as always. And it's not a bit. People I know this is what you believe. go back and watch. He was not good. Yeah, he was that bad. was that was a very middle of the road thought I had at the time, and since I'm the only one on record still with the thought, which I thought I deleted my whole Twitter account, so I, I'm surprised that some tweets are still up there. I used a third party app that I guess isn't that reliable. It took them off my feed, but the tweets are still out there. So to to my credit. Uh, not to my credit, I, I thought I did delete that. Okay, okay, well, that's fair. I just want to make sure we're giving the, <laughs> the right amount of credit. Bart, uh, I was thinking about this today. Before I let you go, as your friend, I worry. I read this long, interesting article today uh, about parental burnout in a pandemic, and I know you have a one-year-old son. Like, are, are you sick of him yet? I actually appreciate that you don't plaster his face all over social media. I really appreciate that about you. Are you everything okay with your son? I know parents are struggling right now. Well, thank you for asking. It's very uh, kind of you. Yeah, uh, yeah. We got we got. Uh, he's in daycare a couple days a week. He, uh, our my my mother in law helps us out a couple days a week. 
so it's been it's been good. And now he's in this phase where he he'll nap for like three hours at a time in the afternoon, which is what I like to do. Mm-hmm. So we're really getting along and bonding that way. Like father, like son. I love that. Bart, I appreciate you, man. I hope we can talk soon. Be well. Uh, you too, Grant. Jordan Love, zero excitement from Bart. That was a bummer. I thought I'd at least get a little glimmer of hope. You know, he's he's committed. He's committed to his opinion, and I, I respect that. I was committed to my Marquette, Wisconsin opinion last Friday. Look where it got me. It, it gave our team a loss, and it got me a bunch of hate on social media. That's fine. I'm principled. I'm committed. Like Bart, you can find him on Twitter, at WingsThinks. Let's take a break. I wanted to talk college football with Bart. We just ran out of time. Michigan, Ohio State canceled. It's not the fault of Michigan or Ohio State. This is all in the Big Ten and the Big Ten. I don't know if there's a mirror big enough where they can stand and look at themselves in the mirror, but that's what they should be doing because they really they really screwed the pooch this year. We'll talk about that coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show, final chance to talk before 5 o'clock. My name is Grant Bills. I want to get into college football for just a couple of minutes. A lot of breaking news in college football today, especially in the Big Ten. And from what I'm reading, or this is this is what people in the business say, from what I'm seeing and hearing, from what I'm hearing, which means what I saw on Twitter. I don't have any sources, but I am reading that I, I don't think the breaking news is done. I, I think a lot more Big Ten schools are really considering what to do this weekend. And like Ohio State and Michigan, might end up canceling their games. Now, Ohio State and Michigan, they're going to get all the the press. It's going to get the attention, but this might just be the first cancellation of what could be a few across the whole conference, which was a huge, huge bummer. Going to get back into the Packers after 5 o'clock. Your texts always welcome at 608-796-2558. Sapper says, I love Bart Winkler, 100% truth. Couldn't agree more with his analysis of the draft and Jordan Love. Yeah, Bart has a very specific, very passionate belief about the draft. Right, he thinks the Packers did a terrible job. He doesn't want Jordan Love on this team at all, right? And I look, he's he's got his arguments, he's got his opinion. Like I said, I'm I'm trying to have my foot in both camps. Like I'm excited about Jordan Love, but also kind of wish they would have got a wide receiver. Like I'm trying to sit on the fence. I don't know. I might, I might have to pick a lane before too long. But yeah, Bart Winkler, always great. Podcast will be available at wktysports.com for those of you who missed out on the interview. We thought this might happen. This wasn't totally unexpected. Um, Ohio State and Michigan has been canceled, if you missed the breaking news earlier today. Kind of saw this coming. Ohio State needed this game. They need a game this weekend. Michigan doesn't. Michigan's the, the school dealing with COVID. And, and Michigan's season has been a mess. Jim Harbaugh's been a mess. Ohio State needs this game because if they lose this game under the rules set forward by the Big Ten, they would be ineligible to be in the Big Ten championship game. And who knows what that means for the playoff implications. And, of course, Ohio State, really the only team in the Big Ten worth discussing with the college football playoff. And it's funny because all last week, I think Ohio State was was expecting Michigan to maybe pull the rug out and Michigan to cancel. And, like, all week they were just looking. They're like, don't. Don't you don't you dare. Don't, don't you dare. It's like when I grew up, my family grew up with two cats, and they love to jump on the table and kick over stuff because they're babies and they want attention. They want to be fed. And you would just see they would get that look in their eye when they were about to make a jump up onto the kitchen counter where, where we had food. And they and I just look at them, don't, don't you dare. I know what you're thinking. I think Ohio State kind of had that vibe and got that feeling for Michigan last week, kind of knowing that Michigan's probably going to cancel. Michigan has a lot of positive cases, but Ohio State needs this game. There's no skin off Michigan's back. They were going to get trucked anyways. Ohio State needs this game. 
Missing this game makes them ineligible for the Big Ten championship game. Now, the Big Ten is going to change the rules in one way or another. They're either going to get rid of that threshold and allow Ohio State into the Big Ten championship game, or they're going to allow Ohio State to go schedule a game. Maybe Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, I don't know. Right? And the Big Ten should change the rules for Ohio State because the Big Ten did a terrible job making the rules, and, and this is their fault. Not Ohio. This is not Ohio State's fault. I don't even really blame Michigan. Michigan's the school that I'd cancel. I don't blame them. I blame the Big Ten. Right, And the Big Ten should let Ohio State find a game this weekend or let Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game regardless. I hope they let Ohio State schedule a game just to watch Nebraska melt down. Oh, my God, they'd throw a tantrum. Scott Frost would lose it. You know what? Ohio State should get an exception. As a Wisconsin fan and as somebody who... I, I want to be Ohio State. I want my team, the Badgers, to be Ohio State. And I want them to be in the running for the college football playoff. And I want them to be one of the superpowers in the Big Ten. Right? I, like, I want that. I, I'm very jealous of Ohio State. And even I can say, let Ohio State in. Like, I know they didn't meet the minimum number of games. Let them in. Or let them schedule a game. Nebraska, sorry. You're terrible. You don't get exceptions. Ohio State can have exceptions. But the Big Ten, they made this bed. And now they are laying in it. They're going to have to go back on the rules that they set on their guidelines to allow their one team that's worth a damn this year, Ohio State, a chance to actually make the money on the big stage in the Big Ten championship game. And, of course, in the college football playoff as well. Good for Ohio State. I hope they get a game or I hope they get into the Big Ten championship game because the conference made this mess. It's their fault, not the fault of these teams or these athletic departments. Let's take a break, get back into the Packers and the NFL. We'll hear from Aaron Rodgers, who joined Pat McAfee today. That all coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show.